Hornet Heaven, Series 5, Episode 2, The Plastic. Written by Ollie Wickham, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season, 2017, 18. Freddy Sargent was a tetchy, petulant man. He was the holobass of Hornet Evan. But today, the mustachioed Watford Rovers forward from the 1880s and 1890s was no joyless Jose. It was the first day of the 2017-18 season and Watford had just scored a late equaliser at home to Liverpool. In the pandemonium, in the rookery end, Freddie had found himself hugging strangers. He'd even planted a big bristly kiss on someone's forehead. Now he emerged from the ancient turnstile with one of those strangers. As they arrived on Occupation Road, Freddie said, I hope I didn't break any of your ribs, mate. I got a bit carried away. What a brilliant bundle. The stranger was a man in his late twenties. He had an expensive haircut and wore a dark, pinstriped suit with a salmon pink tie. Yeah, super, wasn't it? I tell you, good buddy, Watford being on a par with Liverpool makes me feel great. Too right, mate. But listen, I ain't seen you around before. Are you new in Hornet Heaven? Pretty recent, good buddy. You may not have seen me, though, because I don't actually go to many games. What? Yeah. I tend to pick and choose which I go to. Pick and choose? No proper fan does that. I do. Only watch us when we're playing the big clubs. Hang about. You can't only support Watford in the big games. That makes you a... a plastic fan. Nonsense, good buddy. It just makes me selective about the games I watch. It's the way I always was, back on Earth. Just the high-profile games. You bloody plastic. You disgust me. You shouldn't even be in on it, Evan. And to think I hugged you, ugh, I feel physically sick. Hey, that's a tad harsh, good buddy. I've got every right now. You've got no rights at all. You're a plastic and I'm going to get you kicked out of Hornet Heaven. Freddie didn't wait. Straight after the Liverpool game, he went to see his old teammate Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. The father of the club was in the Hornet shop, admiring the new season's shirts. Mmm. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Grover, what the hell are you doing? Mmm. Yellow and red. Freddy grabbed Henry by the shoulder. Grover! What? Ah! Hello, Freddy. I was just, um... Yes, uh... Well, I mean, this new kit really is quite gorgeous. 
There's no time for any of that, Grover. We've got a serious problem. Not with this new shirt, we haven't. It's Adidas. Adidas, Freddy. I've been waiting decades to see three stripes on a Watford shirt. I'm afraid I simply can't contain my excitement. Shut up and listen, Grover. This is important. There's a new arrival in Hornet Heaven who shouldn't be here. What? Good. Finally got your attention, have I? Golly. Yes, you have. This chap isn't from up the road, is he? Not from the town that dare not speak its name. Don't tell me he's a... a say the word for me, Freddy. Scummer. Oh, yes. Is he one of those? No, he's not. He's nearly as bad, though. You'd better brace yourself for this, Grover. There's a plastic fan in Hornet Heaven. Oh, well, that's no big deal. We're all made of plastic in Hornet Heaven. We're made of plasma, you idiot. Ghosts are made of plasma. A plastic fan is completely different. Not like us at all. Oh, so if he's plastic, what is he? A toy? Some kind of action figure? Does he have long arms and legs you can bend at weird angles, like Etienne Capoue does with his own arms and legs? No. A plastic is a fake. Someone who only turns up during the good times. Someone who wants in on the team's glory but isn't prepared to put in the hard yards. This one says he's only interested in the high-profile games against the big clubs. But what's wrong with that? We want more people at the big matches. It's what makes big matches big. It's a matter of principle. Plastic fans want to bask in reflected glory. They don't pay their dues like real fans. Up here, in Hornet Heaven, they should be made to go to every single game we've ever played against. Oh, I don't know, Grimsby Town. Yeah, all 46 of the league games we've played against Grimsby. That's a lower division season's worth. That would definitely sort this bloke out. But why are you so down on him? He does support the club. Surely that's what we want. This seems like a fuss about nothing. This isn't nothing. He's a plastic grover. As father of the club, you need to do something. Grover? Mm. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud, Grover. You're not listening to me, are you? Yellow... And red. Yellow and red. Right. You haven't heard the last of this, Grover. You watch me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this bloke out of Hornet Heaven. Freddy stomped off to see Bill Mainwood, the head of programmes in Hornet Heaven. Bill was in his office, just off the atrium, with his 13-year-old assistant, Derek Garston. 
something must have gone wrong, Bill. I mean, how can a plastic have got into Hornet Heaven? The process is automatic, Freddy. If you love the horns, you just arrive here. Do me a favour. Plastics don't love the horns. I don't understand how he's got here. Derek took the chance to pipe up. Sir, I've always said there should be an entrance exam for Hornet Heaven. A basic knowledge test. Everyone should be able to name the team line-up from, say, the club's first recorded home win when Watford Rovers beat the Reverend David Patterson's 11-2-1 in October 1882, sir. The team line-up from that young man? Don't you think that's setting the bar quite high? Not at all, sir. Wheeler, Horton, Capel, Grover, Valentine, Herndale, Waterman, Horton, Smith, Christmas, Grace. What, sir? Why are you looking at me like that, sir? Doesn't every Watford fan know that line-up? Enough of the kids' nonsense. The plastic shouldn't be in Hornet heaven. Watford fans up here love the horns unconditionally. Not just when it suits them. But perhaps he does love the club, Freddy. In a different way from the rest of us. Not all Watford fans are exactly the same. Rubbish. It's the glamour of big-time football he's into. He won't be in love with Lloyd Doyley like all proper Watford fans are, I tell you. This bloke's a wrong un. Or perhaps it's such a deep-seated love that it hasn't quite realised itself yet in the usual way. The simple fact is, Freddy, that if he's here, he must love Watford. Well... In that case, I'll make him stop loving Watford. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Then he'll just vanish. Ha! Huh? Falling out of love with Watford doesn't make you vanish from Hornet Heaven, Mr Sergeant, sir. If it did, Walter Mazzari's football would have completely emptied the place last season. <laughs> Freddy swore at the boy and told him to shut up. Derek gulped and looked a little tearful. The plastic's got to go. Trying to make him vanish by making him fall out of love with Watford is definitely worth a shot. So come on. Any ideas how? Freddy, I have to say, I think you're being a little harsh on the new arrival. This time, Freddy swore at Bill. Bill's eyelashes fluttered, flustered, behind his spectacles. For crying out loud, do I have to do everything myself round here? Right, you watch me. I won't rest until the plastic's gone. Freddie headed for the gallery, the swanky restaurant in the southwest corner of the stadium. He needed some peace and quiet to think up a plan. On the way, he met Walter Coles, coming out. Walter was a free-scoring Watford Rovers teammate who, in 1891-92, scored 60 goals in just 26 games. Blimey, Freddy, me old mate. What's wrong? Your face is longer than when we lost 9-1 at home to Crew Alexandra in April 1892. Yeah. Well, I've just found out there's a plastic in Hornet Heaven. Ha! <laughs> just one. 
The place has been full of them since 1896. Any Watford fan who wasn't there for the club when we started out in Southern League Division 2 is just a glory hunter, a despicable Johnny-come-lately. Walter walked off, laughing to himself, as if he'd said something funny. But Freddy couldn't help thinking that his old teammate had actually made a decent point. Freddy went over to the bar and sat down to try and think up a plan for getting the plastic out of Hornet Heaven. But the man next to him at the bar started talking to him. Gold, did you see the penalty Gomez gave away against Liverpool? He's a liability. We need to ship him out. Sorry, mate. Normally I'd chat, but I need to sit quietly and think. We're having a terrible transfer window. I can't believe we've started the season with no cover at left-back. Mate, I don't need this at the moment. How is Amrabat still at the club? He's championship at best. Blimey, you're a moaner, mate. You really know how to suck all the joy out of being a Watford fan, don't you? Five minutes with you and no one will want to be an Orn anymore. Wait. Perfect. You're just the man I need. Come with me. Freddy took the moaner to the atrium and sat him down on the yellow sofas next to the plastic fan. Then Freddy hid behind the programme shelves to watch what would happen. Before long, Bill Mainwood walked past and saw Freddy. Hello, Freddy. Why have you got your fingers in your ears? Freddy? Freddy? What? Oh, it's you. I'm making sure I don't hear this moaner. If I do, I might fall out of love with Watford and vanish from all at heaven. That's what I'm trying to make happen to the plastic. Freddy kept his fingers in his ears. Bill stopped and listened in to the conversation that was developing between the moaner and the plastic on the sofas. And another thing, we never put defenders on the posts at corners. The plastic clapped his hand genially on the moaner's shoulder. Hey, good buddy. There's no need to moan. You want to get behind the horns, like the rest of us. Etienne Capoue is lazy. The sponsor's logo on the shirt is far too big. The holes in the nets are the wrong shape. Harry the Hornet has been doing exactly the same dance moves for years. Come on, good buddy. Be positive. We've just proved we're as good as Liverpool. What an amazing feeling for a Watford fan. That's why I love the big game so much. When the horns are challenging at the highest level. Over by the shelves, Bill said, You know, Freddy, I think you may be wrong about this fellow. I can't hear what you're saying. I think he genuinely loves the horns. Sha la 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 la. I can't hear you. Bill frowned. He thought Freddy seemed rather prejudiced against the so called plastic. He carried on listening into the conversation, but not for long. When the moaner started banging on about zonal marking at corners, Bill put his own fingers in his ears. And when the moaner said that Watford needed to get Fernando Forestieri back from Sheffield Wednesday, every single person in the atrium jammed their fingers in their ears, including the plastic. Freddy seethed. His plan had failed. He went off to come up with something else. Freddy went back to the programme office and spoke to Derek Garston again. You've got to help me get rid of him. 
But why, Mr. Sergeant, sir? I still don't understand what's so terrible about him. He's a fan, isn't he? Plastics are bad for the club. Well, actually, Mr. Sergeant, sir, you could argue the opposite. So-called plastics bring the club extra income that can be invested in activities across the whole community. In that sense, they're good for everyone, Mr. Sergeant, sir. Shut up and listen. I've got a new plan. I want to show the plastic that big clubs aren't as great as he thinks they are. When he realises that they aren't actually big and clever at all, he'll lose interest and clear off out of all heaven. Oh, I like the sound of that, Mr. Sergeant, sir. Really? You think it's a good plan? I don't really know, Mr. Sergeant, sir. But what fun to expose the Sky Sports era as an overhyped sham as a money-thieving manipulation of ordinary fans' perceptions, as a morally empty circus of... All right, boy. Don't get carried away. I just need you to suggest some games that will show him that the big clubs aren't so glamorous after all. Well, that won't be too hard, Mr Sergeant, sir. How about our 5-1 win at Stamford Bridge in May 1986? Chelsea were awful back then. Only 12,017 people bothered to turn up and watch. No good. David Bardsley was a complete and utter god that day. The plastic will be distracted by how good we were, not how terrible Chelsea were. Ah, in that case I know just the game, Mr Sergeant, sir. Chelsea versus Watford on Tuesday the 29th of March 1988. Both teams were getting relegated from the top division. They were both complete and utter... Oh dear... Mr Maynard won't allow me to use the word I've got in mind, Mr Sergeant, sir. Oh, I know. I'll use Watford rhyming slang instead. They were both complete and utter a sombolonga. Complete Brit. Sounds perfect, boy. Two programmes, please. Back in the atrium, Freddy took two programmes to the yellow sofa where the plastic was sitting. Oi, Plastic. Watford are playing at Chelsea. Want to go? Hey, good buddy, that's a pleasant surprise. I thought we weren't playing Chelsea until October. What? Oh, I see. Yeah, well, it got moved forward for the telly, bloody Sky Sports. They've created a morally empty circus of... something or other. Derek will fill you in. Anyway, the game's just starting. I've got programmes for both of us. Oh, let's have a look. I want to see their squad for 2017-18. I bet it's phenomenal. Oi, get your plastic hands off. You can't look at the programme until we're in the stadium. The plastic got to his feet. Hey, this is great, good buddy. I thought you didn't approve of me. Come on, let's get a move on. Hazard's in their team. You don't want to miss him. Hazard? I heard he was injured. He's playing. I swear on my afterlife. The plastic was so excited, he ran to the ancient turnstile. Freddy and the plastic arrived in pouring rain at Stamford Bridge in March 1988. They stood in the roofless away end of a stadium that was totally dilapidated apart from the giant East Stand. As the game kicked off, the plastic asked, Hey, good buddy, I, I don't get it. Where am I? On your way out of Hornet Heaven, mate. What's that, good buddy? What did you say? 
I said, we were at Stamford Bridge. No way, good buddy, we can't be. I mean, check out the state of the pitch. It looks better suited to girl-on-girl mud wrestling than football. <laughs> I'm surprised the players aren't wearing bikinis. No, shut up. Don't make me imagine that. Sir Nigel Gibbs is out there. That's sacrilege. Ow! I can't unimagine that now. Wait a moment. Nigel Gibbs? Didn't he play for us years ago? He certainly did. I've brought you to the past. 1988. Hey, that's not fair, good buddy. You swore in your afterlife that Hazard will be playing. He is. What? Edin Hazard didn't play for Chelsea when Stamford Bridge was a toilet like this. I was talking about Mickey Hazard. They're chubby number eight over there sitting in that puddle. Did you think I meant Edin? I'm sorry for any confusion. Whoa! This is totally uncool, good buddy. I'm here under false pretenses. Ain't that the truth? I mean, where have all the stands gone? Where are the fans? There's only 11,240 paying customers. Pretty poor for a big club, eh? And why are there two people watching from inside an old grey Ford Escort next to the corner flag? What's that about? Seriously, this is totally Mickey Mouse. Exactly. And it's only four years before the Premier League came along. Makes you think, doesn't it? Freddy looked at the plastic. The plastic looked genuinely shell-shocked. Freddy smiled. His plan to make the plastic see the big clubs for what they were and quit Hornet Heaven as a result seemed to be working. After a while, in the pouring rain, after Stuart Rimmer put Watford 1-0 up with a weak shot that skidded under the Chelsea keeper, the plastic said, I feel terrible. I can't believe what a fool I have been. I've been played. Everything I thought Chelsea stood for is obviously just a billion-pound makeover. Perfect. I'm glad you can see it at last. Coming here, it's obvious. Big clubs aren't special. Everything that attracted me to them is just a veneer. I've been so stupid. As a small club fan, I wanted the prestige of the big clubs to rub off on me, when really, underneath it all, the big clubs are just... Football teams, like any other. Freddy grinned and clapped his hands. Great. That's that then. We can go now. Come on. Let's go back through the ancient turnstile. Obviously, now that you won't be wanting to go to games against the big clubs, there's nothing of interest in a Watford paradise for a plastic like you. Once you're back on Occupation Road, you can let yourself out of Hornet Heaven and leave us proper fans to get on with it. Freddy strode off through the rain. Before long, though, he realised that the plastic wasn't following him. He turned back to see what was going on. The plastic was still in the same spot on the terrace, in his pinstriped suit, drenched. The plastic called out through the downpour. But... but I don't want to quit Hornet Heaven! Freddy strode back over immediately. You've got to leave. There's nothing for you here. But seeing the truth about the big clubs hasn't made me want to leave. What? Don't say that. It must have done. 
quite the opposite. Oh, God, what are you saying? That I've brought you here and it's made you want to go to more games than ever? Exactly! Freddy closed his eyes in the pouring rain and said, Brit! Freddy stomped back through the ancient turnstile, furious that his plan had backfired. He noticed the plastic was following him this time. He stopped on Occupation Road and said, I don't get it. How has that trip made someone like you want to go to more games? The thing is, good buddy, it made me realise I'd been supporting Watford in the wrong way. I thought the big clubs were the clubs with all the kudos. But if they're only football teams like any other, then my own club is just as prestigious. I should feel a lot more pride in supporting Watford, whoever they're playing. On hearing this, Freddy's anger started to seep away a little. The plastic was sounding a bit more like a proper fan. Yeah. Well. You blooming well should feel pride, whoever we're playing. I always have. Even when we've been playing Grimsby Town, all 46 times. The plastic said, I want to feel pride at every game. I think I can. Freddy stared at the plastic and felt his own attitude beginning to soften. He'd always hated Johnny-come-lately glory boys because they were getting the best bits of support in Watford without having to earn them the hard way like he had. He'd been devoted to Watford at every level of the game since the 1880s. he played for the club before it had been good enough to join any kind of league. He scored goals against teams that Johnny-come-lately glory boys would never have heard of. Old Foresters, Champion Hill, ATB Duns Eleven. His degree of commitment meant that over the years, he'd always felt personally cheated by fans turning up just for the good times. And yet now, standing drenched on Occupation Road with one of them, he was beginning to think that if they could feel pride in Watford, then maybe plastics weren't so detestable after all. Freddy looked at the man in front of him and felt a bit bad about himself for having been so extreme in his views. He said, So, uh, are you going to watch us at Bournemouth on Saturday? You might not like it. Timpot club, they are. Wow, good buddy. That's a tough one to start with. There's no kudos in playing the likes of them. They're a tiny club. Minuscule. Microscopic. The plastic swallowed hard and said, But I'll be proud to be there. Supporting the horns. Freddy smiled. He reckoned he definitely had been too harsh on the bloke. He patted the plastic on the shoulder and said, Good bloke. Good bloke. See you there. On the Saturday, Freddy was in the packed Watford section at Bournemouth's Vitality Stadium. The atmosphere among the Category A and A-plus away fans, there were no real-world plastics here, was electric. Throughout the first half, Freddie kept an eye out for the plastic but couldn't see him. He had a good look round at half-time too. In the end, he gave up and tore himself off a strip for being stupid. Plastics obviously couldn't change their ways. Why had he ever thought they could? 
In the second half, he paid full attention to the game. Watford were playing brilliantly. In the 73rd minute, Nathaniel Chalabar played the ball into Andre Gray, behind Bournemouth's defence. Gray crossed. Richarlison, Watford's new Brazilian striker, scored. Freddie found himself in a massive bundle, hugging strangers again, planting bristly kisses left, right and centre. It didn't matter to Freddie who Watford were playing. He just loved watching the Orns win. He ended up several rows closer to the front of the stand. Suddenly, he saw the plastic next to him. Oh, right. You are here. Hey, good buddy. Yeah, I'm here. I thought maybe you couldn't hack it. You know, what with Watford playing a team as small and irrelevant as Bournemouth. Actually, good buddy, I prepared myself carefully during the week. I went to watch some old Watford games against nothing teams. Nothing teams like Bournemouth? Before Bournemouth even existed, actually. I went back to your playing days, you know, when Watford were a nothing team too. The plastic winked at Freddy. Oi, watch it, you. And I didn't stop there. I went right back to the very beginning. Really? I'm impressed. Who did you see? Wheeler, Horton, Capel, Grover, Valentine, Herndale, Waterman, Horton, Smith, Christmas, Grace. Freddie stared at the plastic in amazement. He felt quite moved by what he'd just heard. Blimey. That really does make you an Orn. Not a plastic at all. A proper Orn. Freddie took his new friend's hand and shook it warmly. And they watched the final minutes of Watford's superb away performance. In the 86th minute, they saw Etienne Capu extend one of his long action figure legs and fire home a shot from outside the box. Freddie and his new Hornet friend screamed with joy. They leapt. They hugged. As they bounced around the terrace in their embrace, Freddie noticed he didn't feel physically sick this time. They were just two Watford fans together, excited about their club, proud of their club. Neither of them were plastic, he now knew. They were both plasma. And yet the love they both felt for the Orns was as real as anything, anywhere on heaven and earth. End of episode two. The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be series five, episode three. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wickham. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. Hold up. 